Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you um, that you have called us uh, to be an offering to you, Lord, as you have been an offering to us. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you have offered salvation to us through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we praise uh, you for that today, Lord, and we, um, we ask that you would uh, help us to tell that story uh, of how um, your truth has prevailed from generation to generation, and Lord, how you work in our own lives, our own personal ways that we can witness and testimony to your work in our lives. So we pray, Lord, that you would help us to do that and grow in our ability to do that as your people today as we study this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for being here with us today. I'm Andrew, one of the pastors here. If you don't know me, uh, we are glad that you are here. And today, we are uh, kind of wrapping up this Love Your Church series that we've been doing this month in August. There's been some pretty good stuff, I think, as it pertains to what the body of Christ is uh, and how we live that out together. So I encourage you, if you haven't caught some of these sermons from myself or Pastor Allison, please go back on YouTube or Facebook and watch those sermons uh, and kind of get caught up on what we're doing. This is all, uh, we, we do all of these things on purpose, you would say. Uh, we have these topics and these themes on purpose because we feel like God is calling us to grow in these areas as his body and as his church. And for this one particularly, like, we want, uh, we want to be a part of a church that we can love being a part of, right? Like, we want this to be a community and, and a place where we experience uh, a place to belong and grow into who God has called us to be as we see happening in the early church in the scriptures. And so that's why we study and that's why we want to grow. So today, um, we're continuing this. So we talked about belonging and welcoming, uh, the fact that you belong here, not a, as like a you better be here, but you have a purpose here. This is a place where you can grow into who God has called you to be. A church is welcoming. A church we can love is one where we gather regularly and we don't give up doing that, and we care about one another. We care for one another with our own time, with our own hands, with our own resources. And last week, Pastor Allison talked about how we serve and honor one another in the church, and there's so many ways that we can serve each other in this church. Um, and there's so many ways that we can serve the world around us and the community around us. And today we're talking about the last two little principles in this series, uh, and we're spending most of our time on the first one. We're talking about witnessing, and we're talking about sending. So first, church is a place, or a people, church is a people who witness to one another. What does it mean to witness? Where do you hear that word being used? Well, you might think of a courtroom. In, in a courtroom, somebody who is a witness is called to testify to their own experience or the truth or their own expertise area, right, related to the trial. They're called to give an account, to give a testimony. And let me ask you this. How did we get here today as a church? We are here because those before us witnessed to the faith. Those before us told the story those before us shared their own experiences. We heard, we were shown the good news, we were told the good news, we were shown the love of God through those who follow God. And either dramatically at some point in our lives or gradually over time, or maybe there's not been a time where you haven't known the love of Jesus Christ, somehow you have come to value the Christian faith and the idea that we are called to gather together and encourage one another as the church. We are here because of the witness of those who came before us period. There's no other reason that we are here. God can break into any situation and call people to him, but as the church has played out and existed in this community and in this church, we are here because somebody before us witnessed to the faith. 
And we need to witness to the faith of the next generation and the next generation. We need to tell our story so that they may also come to know that being part of a local church is so important and vital to the mission of God on earth. So we're talking about witnessing, and there's three, I think, three major ways. This isn't exhaustive, but there's three major ways that we witness when we think about telling this story. And the first is that we witness about God and his truth. We witness about what we know to be true about God, what we have experienced to be true about God. The story of God to save and redeem his people. Guess where you find that story? Yeah, it's in the Bible. It's in the scriptures. These scriptures are a witness to us about the things of God and the things God has done to break into humanity over the years and over the centuries and the millennia. So the Old Testament in here, this is the witness by Israel for Israel that God inspired. And Israel did not want their people to forget how God had sustained them and delivered them and all these different things. We heard that in our Deuteronomy text this morning. Uh, don't forget how God delivered you out of Egypt. Don't forget his provision for you in the desert. Don't forget his promises to you. And so the Old Testament, even today, is the witness recorded by the early Israelites, the Jewish people, still studied by Christians and Jews alike, because the witness still has a power. The testimony still has power. And then looking at the New Testament and the Gospels, this is the witness of those who experienced Jesus for themselves, the disciples, the early church fathers, those who heard about this story of Jesus and went and did some research and wrote it down. And then we see that testimony and the testimony of the early church. So our John passage this morning, we heard from the Gospel of John, familiar verses, John 3, 16 and 17. That is a witness to us from John the disciple himself. It was a witness to those first people he wrote it down and handed it to, and it's a witness to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is the truth of God. That is the truth of what God did in John's life and what Jesus displayed and witnessed to regarding God and his Father. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is a witness about Jesus and his promises to us. And it's a witness that then also becomes our witness. And why is that? Because we can know the truth about God. We can know the story ourselves. We can dig into it ourselves, and that's why we've been emphasizing that so much here at Emmanuel. You don't have to take my word for what the Bible says. You can read it for yourself. We can know God's truth. We can know God's story. And let me tell you, if you want to live out your faith outside of an hour on Sunday morning every week, you're going to want to know this, right? It's really easy to get by not knowing the scriptures when I'm up here, Allison's up here speaking them to you and preaching them to you. But man, there's a value in getting to know that story and the whole thing for yourself. So we witness about God and his truth. We witness about his story, right? We don't own the story of God, but we are blessed by it. And we are invited into it to be part of it. And we have a witness. So that's one thing. The second thing, we witness about how God has personally worked in our lives. This is the part where God's story and our story come together and we see him working and we notice it. This is your story. This isn't necessarily God's story. It is. It's part of God's story. But this is how you fit into that story, how you have experienced God's power in your life. This is a story and a witness that is unique to you because God has uniquely created you and uniquely called you. And he's worked in your way, in your life, in a way that is genuine and observable. So let me give you an example of that. 
Uh, and I've told parts of this story before, but I'll tell it again. One of the pivoting points in my high school years was the summer that I worked out at Riverside. Back then, we were called junior counselors. Now we're called junior cabin leaders. And that summer, as I was getting really worn out by the middle of July, some of you have been there working at a Bible camp before, I found myself getting sick, and I found myself with a lot of time to lay in bed and think that week. And maybe you've had that experience where you've just been run down and sick, and then you, you lay around and you think about life. I had a lot of good time to reflect on what God had been doing that summer. I'd gotten to know this great group of other high schoolers that were like family to me. One of them went on to be my best man, and I was his best man. And then I also got to know this great group of college age and young adult students, uh, and man, they were really good to look up to in the faith. They, they sort of set this place like, man, I, wish, I, ho I hope someday I can have the faith or, or know the scriptures like this person or this person. And one of them went on to mentor and disciple me for a few years up in Cedar Falls afterwards. So I had all this good stuff going on that I was reflecting about. And that same week, the senior counselor that was in my cabin with me lost a family member. I think it was his grandma or grandpa. And so I'm over here in one bunk, laying in bed, thinking about all that God has done, and excited about it, but tired and worn out and sick. And he's in his bed, thinking about the grief of loss, and how sometimes you reflect and it's not a good thing. And we have these sort of parallel stories going on that week. Uh, God did something in that tension. God did something in that week, in that time to reflect and to think, and, and to also notice my friend's grief and loss, God did something and worked in my heart through his Holy Spirit that week, and I left that week changed. I was not the same Andrew that the people back in high school were going to know, right? The faith of my parents and the faith of my church was now the faith of me. It was something that I wanted to live out. And the idea of death and loss apart from Jesus Christ, I didn't want that. I wanted to know Jesus. I wanted to know eternal life. And the words spoken over me in my baptism, those promises, they took on a reality that I hadn't been aware of before. My eyes were open to those things. And all of the ways in high school that I struggled to belong and be accepted, guess what? Through Jesus Christ and through this community that he called me to that summer, I found it. It was the answer that I'd been looking for. All of those needs were met in that community, in that local church of Riverside for the summer. Again, this was one of the most pivotal moments, experiences in my life. And this example of me telling you that story, this example, that is witnessing. I just witnessed to you about a powerful experience and moment in my life where God was at work. All it took was for me to look back and look around and notice. Take a little bit of time to notice what God had done. And the great thing about this it's a powerful witness, not because of anything I bring to the table, but because God's power works through our witnessing of him and his work in our lives and his provision for us. My story wasn't an eloquent display of like theology or biblical knowledge, right? Rather, it was a personal story of God's grace and faithfulness for me. Now, author Tony Merida, who wrote this book, Love Your Church, that we've loosely based this off of, he writes this. He says, unbelievers may not grasp your theology, but they can spot your hope. Our hope gets people's attention. A lot of times we're worried about the theology, right? And so we don't say anything. 
we want to be worried about giving people a sense of hope that we have experienced in knowing Jesus Christ. So tell your stories. Like mine, your story is rarely going to be an appeal on doctrine or theology, and that's okay. But it's going to be maybe God saved you from a life of addiction. Maybe God works a miracle in your life or in your family's life, and you're like, that was absolutely God. Maybe God has been this peaceful presence through your life, and every time you've had a struggle or a loss, he's been there for you. Maybe there's been a time, there's never been a time in your life where you haven't known Jesus. Like, that is a great witness to share. And these witnesses that we have of God working in our lives, they're not disputable. They're not the things that somebody's going to go down and say, well, look at this scripture and this scripture. I don't think that's really what happened with you. No, our culture actually values this. Our culture values our personal experiences, and God calls us to witness to what he has done in our lives. We witness about God's love and God's work on a personal and on an impactful level. And then again, when most of us in the church worry about getting the beliefs and the doctrine right, which is important, I'm not saying it's not important, but we also need to understand that it's important that we learn to tell our stories, even if we don't have all the answers when it comes to the teachings of the Bible or the doctrine. So uh, I told this story a few weeks back as well, so I'm just going to touch on it again. I talked about my time in Altoona, uh, and we have this thing called the missional community. It was a small group of five or six families, and we met together regularly And every adult in this group took a turn telling their story. And there weren't any rules. People just had to sit down and figure out, how am I going to tell a story of how God has worked in my life? And guess what? People noticed. And you'd be surprised how many adults in the church who've been part of the church for decades have never been asked to tell their story. Most of these adults in this group hadn't told it before. But it was powerful when they did. And we were all encouraged by it. And to this day, I'm still encouraged by many of the stories that I heard in that group. So we witness to the truth about God as revealed in the scriptures. We witness to our personal uh, interactions with God's power and grace. And then the third way that we witness is we witness about our own experience and when we join God's work, when we join in his mission. What does this look like? So the, the story I told about Riverside Uh, my yes to God to serve at Riverside that summer, my yes to God calling me there, created many, many good things and memories and experiences that I could then witness about, which I just did to you. That includes the story I just told. And so when we jump into God's work in our lives, when we jump into serving at Emmanuel or serving God's kingdom in other ways or maybe some other nonprofits that we work with uh, that have the gospel at the heart and center... When we jump in and when we serve, it creates more experiences and more stories for us to tell, more things for us to witness about. We can share about how it challenges us or changes us. We can share about the other people that we've met on these stories and these journeys. Tell about the other people and how God's love has impacted their lives through our work. That's an encouraging thing to witness about. And we can share about the hope or the encouragement that we find when we take seriously the mission of the church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. See, our first Peter text comes in here, and I think this is a good encouragement uh, for us today to read this, and I'm going to read it for you again. So 1 Peter 3, starting at verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. 
Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Verse 17, for it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. There's a few things Peter's pointing out to us here. He, first, he writes about being zealous for doing good. What does that mean? As I read that and as I study that, uh, we are excited to do good, and we're actually trying to do good on purpose, right? We are looking for ways that we can do good in a way that honors Jesus Christ and his gospel and his mission that we have as the church. And we don't do good because we are trying to earn God's favor, We don't do it because we're trying to earn our salvation. When we know Jesus Christ, those things are settled. We don't need to worry about those things. But rather, we do good when we realize that God has created us and saved us for the sake of doing and being the good that God wants to show the world. God has not just saved us from sin and death and left us there. He has saved us for good work, as in we have a purpose and a mission as God's people in the church. And this has been part of our sermons a few times this year. Ephesians 2, 10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. So we should be zealous about doing those good things that God has created us to do. He has saved us again, not just to get out of some sort of punishment or eternal death. He has saved us for the purpose of being the good, doing the good, being the church to the world around us. And Peter wants these readers and us today to understand that when we do good, it's going to lead to questions. People are going to notice. So it might lead to questions like this. Why do you serve at your church? What value is there for you to do that? Is that a question you could answer? Uh, Why do you bake cookies for your neighbors? What motivates you to do that? Why do you sing in a church choir? Aren't there other things you could be doing? What, What gives you purpose and meaning to sing in a church choir? Why do your kids not use the naughty words that my kids use? How how have you taught them to not do that? How how come your kids are so polite and I'm struggling with my kids? Like, tell me, tell me, what is is going on in your home that would help me? Right, like there's all these different, like, really nitty-gritty ways that we can answer that. When we do good, when we do the good works that God has called us to do and created us to do in Christ Jesus, People will notice, and people will ask questions. And that is when we get to witness about all of these things. We witness about God's story. We witness about God's impact on our lives and our story. And we can witness about why we do the good things that we do. Is this making sense? Is this coming together? Um, We're we're not talking about works-based salvation and that we earn God's salvation in favor. That's not us. That's not Christian. It's not Lutheran. Uh, what we are talking about is that God has saved us for a reason and a purpose and a vision that he sets before us and invites us into, and that is abundant life here on earth. Our witness, our evangelism, our sharing of the good news, it can take on a number of different forms. And far too often, I think that we take ourselves out of that sphere, out of that game, because we're worried about getting it right or not knowing enough But this is an area where every single one of us can grow, all of us. We can grow and learn how to do this. We can. We don't have to be stuck 
feeling like we don't know what to say. We can grow in this. And if there's one thing that the world needs from Christians today, it is the story of God's goodness and his impact on our lives. The world needs Christians all over the world, abroad, and right here in Story City. Yes, right here in Story City. The world needs Christians to share about the hope, the peace, the joy, and the grace that we have found in Jesus Christ. The world needs our witness. The world needs to hear that story. And so loving your church means that we learn how to share our stories with each other and with those who aren't part of our church yet. These stories you might tell someone outside of the church someday as a witness, you know, those are the same ones you can tell inside the church today to encourage everyone else sitting here and everyone else you know here in this church. And we're going to be encouraged by those stories too, just like I've been encouraged by those stories that I heard in Altoona years ago. They still bring an encouragement to me today. And in a healthy church, we're going to use our time in worship and Sunday school and Bible studies and small groups serving together and in our organic friendships and our relationships that we have in and outside of church, we're going to spend some time and we're going to witness. We're going to share. We're going to tell our stories. So being a healthy Emmanuel Lutheran church means that more people are going to be willing to do that and grow in that. That's the trajectory that we want to be on. And so how do we do this? How do we become that church? Really simple. It takes some time and practice. I think it is that simple. Because everyone in this room will have some story, probably hundreds of stories, on how you can look back on your life or look around today and see God working and see the love of Jesus impacting your life. And so I want to encourage you, take the time to think about that and to reflect. Being the church that we want to be a part of means that we're going to invest in growing our faith and our ability to share what God has done in our lives. Being the church that we want to be a part of means we're going to make witnessing a priority in our faith and in our time together and in our message to the world. And in that reality, and in our witnessing to one another, um, we will embrace the fact that we are not called to keep the good news and the goodness of God to ourselves. We are not. Far too many people in the faith, in the church, aren't sharing that good news with other people. I think that's a way, I think that's a way we can grow. And I hope you're feeling challenged by the Holy Spirit to do that this morning. God calls us. God gives us a story to tell. And God sends us to witness. Sometimes to the person sitting next to you in the pew. Sometimes to the ends of the earth. Oftentimes a whole lot of places in between. Friends, you have a story to tell. You do. You have a story of God's love and faithfulness in your life. And so I ask you, what is that story? Or what's even just a little part of it? One of the things we want to do better here at Emmanuel is telling the story and having a place for people to tell their story. Um, so I don't say this offhand. I actually want to hear what your stories are. <laughs> I really do. Write them down. Put them in an email. Write a letter. Come talk to us. Have coffee with Allison or myself uh, or one of our deacons or anyone serving on council. We actually want to hear your story. We want to be encouraged. 
And some of you might be, even be willing to have that story in our newsletter, or some of you might be willing to have that story something that you give a testimony to up front here. Let's do that. Let's encourage each other by witnessing as God has called us to witness. How can you witness to God's love and work in your life? How can you do that? That's on an individual level, but guess what? Emmanuel, we, together as a local church, also have a story to tell, don't we? God has worked here for 125 years to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And God wants to continue to work in us and through us, right? We have a story to tell, and we're also in it. We're part of this ongoing story of God's work through this church here. And so I invite you, please think about these things. Remember, look back, think about those connections in your life. Think about how you got to where you are today and how, how these people before you, uh, the family, the friends, the Sunday school teachers, whoever it is, how have the people in your life before you witnessed to you in a way that you know Jesus Christ today? So I encourage you to remember those things and then start telling that story. Maybe it's just to your own kids or your own spouse or to your own grandparents or parents. Maybe you just start telling that story at home. Witness to each other about God's faithfulness and hope that you find in Jesus Christ. And I invite you to participate in what we do together as a church to witness. Participate in this church so that we can witness to this community and to the very ends of the earth as God has called us to do. Friends, let's, again, we've said it a number of times, let's be the church that we want to be a part of, right? Let's be the hope-filled, encouraging-filled, gospel-filled place that we have come to know and love through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's all be part of this. Let's be the church God has called us to be. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, we cannot deny that you have impacted our lives with your good news, with your grace, and with your love. In countless ways, in so many ways that we don't even notice, Lord, you have been and are and will be working in our lives. Your scriptures promise that you do that. So, Lord, help us to see your work. Help us to see your work behind us and around us right now. And, Lord, give us a continued vision of that work you're calling us into in the future as individuals and as this church. And, Lord, I just pray for a really practical base level. Help us to learn how to tell our stories, God. Lord, if there's fear of us messing up, just strip that fear away. And help us to share the good news and the love that we have received from you with others. I pray, God, that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit, that we would be led by your Holy Spirit in a way that makes this natural. Uh, may we grow to a place where it's just second nature to be willing to give a testimony and witness to the way that we have seen you working in us and around us. And Lord, as you do that in each of us, this church will grow. This church will experience a deeper sense of your love will experience a deeper sense of community and committedness to the great commission that you call us to. So in all of these things, Lord Jesus, give us grace. Train us and equip us in the way that you have called us. In Jesus' name, amen.